This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators. What opportunities are emerging as the book trade evolves in new forms. How to avoid losing money and much, much more. Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of the Author You, Your Guide to Book Publishing podcast. Throughout it, along with my guest, I'll share ahas, insights, and tips to enhance and support your book and publishing journey. My goal is always to support you and your book's success. Just a reminder, if you're on Twitter, do connect with me on at MyBookShepherd. And if on Facebook, why not join my book publishing group to share your news or ask any questions? And of course, you can always email me at Judith at Daily, I post throughout my social media world a favorite quote from my book, Snappy Sassy Salty, Success for Authors and Writers. So today's quote, which will tie into our program, is this. Savvy writers leave out all the boring parts. So what's today all about? Well, we're going to get started. We're going to be talking about humor. We're going to be talking about creativity. And with us as our guiding light is award-winning stand-up comedian, hilarious and high energy, a little intuitive and certainly interactive, Nancy Norton. She's the headliner for the Comedy Works here in Denver, Colorado. Um, and she just was on our, um, at our extravaganza as our headliner for the evening entertainment. Nancy, welcome. Hey, Judith. Thanks for having me. I am so glad to be here. Now, you know, I should also say Nancy is an aspiring author. That's She's an aspiring author. And, um, and she, she's also, uh, you know, as I, when I said award winning, um, here's someone who has was identified as the best of the fest show with Jay Leno in Burbank. The, she was a champion in the Seattle International Comedy Competition. She was the winner of the Boston Comedy Festival, the first woman to ever do it. And she is a Grand Slam champion storyteller. So here's how this works with your writing, everyone. You need to use humor. Even, even in, in deep pain, humor is part of the process of actually coming out of it um then you just all of us i think need to understand that um and also the the art of storytelling so you fiction authors get that storytelling is imperative you get that but the nonfiction authors need to get it too because that's where you hook your points as you move through it so nancy let's add on how are you I am doing great. I am doing great. I'm having a great day. Uh, a lot of creativity going on over here at Norton Central. One of the things I want to say, you said, even in states of pain, that we need to use humor. And I would say, and I would add to that, especially 
when we're sharing pain and with ourselves or others. It just makes it more manageable, more palatable. And, you know, inviting actually invites you to process some of that pain. It's, it's a tool I use all the time, actually, in my journey through life. You know, it's really helped me survive and thrive. So I just want to say, absolutely, when you're in pain, add, add the humor to make it manageable. Well, and, and, you know, sometimes I, I shared a story, um, you, you didn't hear me on it when I was speaking um, on Saturday morning at the extravaganza, but I was showing how to reinforce your books in front of an audience without saying a word about your book. It was an image issue. And I shared a story about a woman, I, I've, ta- I've interviewed over 10,000 people. Um, through my career and writing my books. And there has always been one that was just like at the top of the pyramid who stood out. And I mean, it's a, it's a, I'm not going to go into it. It's a horrendous, horrendous story. But I referred to the roller coaster that when you tell, uh, when you're in deep pain, when you're writing about pain, when you're experiencing pain, when you're speaking about it, that you've got to bring people, people out of it to give them relief so they can turn the page. Or, or stay with you, you know. And so, Nancy, how do you do that as a humorist? Did you say, how do I do that? Yep. How do you do it? I just do I think there's something organic in me that just happens. I have a hard time telling a sad story without the humor. In fact, when I won the Grand Slam Championship of Truth Be Told, I actually did not expect to win it. I needed to process something that was very sad. You know, I lost a baby and I was very sad and I needed to just get that story out. And my friend told me it's the funny stories that win. So I was just not in it to win it. I, that time I was just in it to process it and share. And so, and not that that's what the intention is of the Grand Slam storytelling, but that was what I selfishly was doing. So I went in there and I was telling this sad story about a miscarriage and but I can't help it. I just throw in like, this is how I relieve myself. And it's very organic process of kind of getting perspective, stepping out of myself intermittently, looking back at myself, acknowledging how ridiculous this one thing is that I just said, even though I'm not making fun or belittling my pain. Exactly. I'm, I'm just like, there's something around the pain, like not necessarily on the bullseye of the pain, but, in you know concentric circles away from it where I could manage it. Anyway, that's kind of a vague answer, but that is I'm sticking with it. But I, but, but it was weird that um, that that I ended up winning that that night. Just and it was just I think the heart share the vulnerability, but also sharing vulnerability with strength. I know that I don't know if that's not really an oxymoron now that we have Brene Brown out there. But I thought I thought I came up with that in the nineties that my vulnerability was my strength, but Mm -hmm. uh, turning your vulnerability sideways and kind of like, Oh, here's a funny aspect of that experience. Is that too vague? No, no, it's not vague, but also what it does is it opens up. Um, Maybe, maybe instead of opening up, it gives people permission to do that, which I think is always really important. Yes. I give you permission. Each and every one of you have my permission to laugh at your pain. And I mean, it gets a little trickier when you laugh at other people's pain. And that, that's what I don't recommend doing. I got, I, you know, you'll find that that's what's called 
there's adaptive humor and there's maladaptive humor. And I think adaptive humor is when we are laughing at our own pain. Maladaptive humor is when you punch down. That's what we say in the comedy business. Oh, that guy's punching down. He's punching down at people that are in pain or people that are marginalized. And I came up in the 90s as a comedian. And in the 90s, it was still quite all right to make fun of marginalized people who were suffering in our society. Now it's not cool, which I appreciate because it's a little safer place for me to be uh, completely who I am, which is a non-binary 61-year-old woman, you know, I can actually come out and feel safe about doing that, you know, whereas in the 90s, I would come out, I identified as a lesbian, and I would do comedy shows all over the country, and I just wanted people to meet the lesbian next door and to take the whatever stigma off of it. I came out before Ellen on national television. I came out before Rosie O'Donnell. I came out before all these people. I'm pretty proud of that. And now, of course, I came out as a retired lesbian. I'm no longer a lesbian. (laughs) But anyway, (laughs) oh well. Nineties in the nineties, the humor that people use would make fun of my pain. No, don't make fun of my pain. Make fun of your own. You know that's where the expansiveness is, and that's where that's the invitation to say, oh, if she can laugh at her pain, I can laugh at mine. Well, I I think that is. So, how do you set that up? Let's let's talk about the setup of those kind of things on the and maybe now we're kissing on the creativity does just yeah. like and do you observe something do you you know you said you were processing a loss of of a, of a baby um is that something that you say if if this is happening then this is where i need to go or i need to what do i need to do here well and this is where i find i am not the best teacher because of my intuitive style. But mm-hmm. what I would say is just to, what I do is I, like I say, I take these mini, and I, I'm not, I don't think it's dissociation. Maybe it is. I take a little quick uh, step outside of myself and look back in on what I just said. Like this happened spontaneously during my share about losing a baby very early. Honestly, it was just two months in gestation. So a lot of people would not even, I mean, this was not a commentary about, uh, you know, uh, abortion rights or pro-choice or any of that, you know, it's like, I, you know, I, I happen to be pro-choice and I was choosing to have a baby, you know? And so I was very attached to this, uh, unborn ch- child that people, you know, the nomenclature, you can use whatever nomenclature, but in my heart and mind, it was a future child. So I was really bonded already. And then when, you know, no one in my family that I knew of had had a miscarriage. I wasn't prepared. I was, you know, just very optimistic and never once prepared for the possible loss. And then the sudden loss and only that far into gestation, I was so invested and so depressed afterwards. And there was this part of me that felt unfulfilled that I could, I wanted to hold that baby. And I realized it was so teeny tiny and the name of the story, I think, was something like being, it was like the size of a bean. I'm trying to remember how I told this story now, like mm-hmm. being there. <laughs> I haven't done that. It was just something, I knew that sounds trite. I can't remember how I worded it. But I was walking around my house holding my cupped hand as if I were holding a tiny bean, a, a little tiny, tiny next to my heart. Like I just needed that. Mm-hmm. See, I can get a little emotional thinking about that, just holding her next to my heart. And then I was like, if, if one could hold an imaginary, how did I word it, an imaginary child 
it wants to make believe that they were, it was just, it, it, it made people laugh because it was, I caught myself saying that I was holding an imaginary child, but it was like two layers of imagination of like, if All I right. could make believe yeah. that they were holding an imaginary child. Does that make sense? Okay. Yes, it does. And I want you to hold on to that thought. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Nancy Norton. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Is there a book in you? Or another? Author You shows you how to create, develop, and publish your book without being hoodwinked. If you already have a book out, you will find a supportive and brainstorming community that is connected and creative, no matter where you live. Author You brings in national experts for its book camps and annual Author You Extravaganza. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics. Through Author You's extensive network, members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publishing. Author U is the premier authoring resource in the country, creating community, education, guidance, vision, and success for the serious author. If you want to create a book that has pizzazz, punch, and panache, Author U is for you. Timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted on its social media platforms, and it is free. Discover Author U, where authors go to become seriously successful. Join Author U today at authoru.org. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. So today is all about humor, storytelling, maybe taking tragedy or deep pain and using humor to help in the healing, but to weave it together. So you, you um, and your listener um, or your reader in the case of the book can move on. Am I I summing that up right, Nancy? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna be your affirmation person. Yes, you are. Ah, okay. And all right. I I ended that last bit, and I don't know if it made sense. I want to just say I just remember saying, if one could hold, pretend to hold an imaginary you know, human. I mean, it was just this. I don't know why it made me laugh, just because it was layers of imagination, and it, it was just enough lightness. That's not hilarious, but it was just enough lightness to take a little perspective. It's like, wait, you're pretending to hold an imaginary human, and that was enough to just take a little pressure off that one segment. And honestly, that, that story's not very fresh in my mind because that was in 2016. I told that story. And I let go of it. So that's a good sign. I believe that the, I call it tromedy, using trauma to, uh, comedy to cope with trauma. And I believe it did help release that. Um, even though, obviously, yeah, there'll always be a place in my heart for this 
unborn child, but it, it also ha- I have peace around it. Also, it helps that I adopted a child and mm-hmm. was fulfilled in getting to be a parent that way. But anyway, right. back to uh, maybe something lighter, you know, like maybe just a, oh, I don't know. I like to tell on myself, you know, I, I love to acknowledge stuff that I've done that was, okay, here's just a real simple thing about, you know, as you remember, maybe from Friday night, and I am sorry I missed your Saturday morning. I stayed up till three in the morning waiting for my son to get home from prom. <laughs> so I had an excuse that I was still deep asleep at, at 11 a.m. <laughs> but uh, I, here's an example. Okay, so during my share, I talk about having I was born cross-eyed, and that is, I think, part of what made me funny because people did, in fact, laugh at me, like right at my face and say, you're cross-eyed. So I developed a skill to kind of, you know, throw them off the scent and make them laugh at something else. You know, it was was distraction and diversion. Um, And then I make fun of, and it's not self-deprecating. I like to call it self-acknowledging humor, where I am like, you know, when I was a nurse, let's say back in the day, and I'm trying to, in the eighties, we were still recapping needles. And I'm like, have you ever tried to recap a needle with a lazy eye? And it's like, ow, 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 ow. I got (laughs) it. I got it. Whatever they had, I got it. So that's just a little example of taking that, the pain and sadness of being disfigured, which is a big pain to have your face disfigured. And then, you know, turning it into this light, silly thing. Mm-hmm. Right. You talk about, you, you referred to it when you and I were talking, that that writers need a lot of resilience, a lot of it. So how would a dose of humor um, increase resilience, enhance it, grow it, uh, maybe fertilize it? So where does that all Great question. Yes. Well, you know, I do go around. Uh, as a speaker, go around the country and talk about the power of humor. And that's uh, from a nursing perspective, how it's good for our health, how it's great for our brain. And the resilience piece, I do a lot about resilience and humor. And so this doesn't necessarily pertain to you putting it in your story, although it might result with that. But just if you feel stuck, if you start getting identified with your own victim energy, like I am not enough, basically, as a core identity that a lot of us have um, in this world. And if you start identifying with the victim energy instead of your creator, your creative energy, you can really get stuck. And so when you take a humor break, it's counterintuitive. You might be under a deadline, you might be really stressed, but you're getting, your brain starts getting more and more into that midbrain with anxiety and pressure. And then you're not resourced. But when you stop, if you'll just take a, it's counterintuitive, but if you'll just stop, go to something that makes you laugh, even if it's something that you wrote before or a story that you knew from your family or a YouTube clip of your favorite comedian, even a five-minute recharge with humor, just laughing. To get a joke, you have to use all the major lobes of your brain, and it gets you into this almost like uh, meditative, it's like expansive connection with your subconscious so much more resourced and all of a sudden, oh my gosh, everything feels manageable. I think it's a gateway to my higher self. I do think humor is a higher consciousness and it just really helps like, oh, energizes your brain, gets more oxygen flowing. Suddenly you have this, oh, I can do this. And then all of a sudden ideas come and you're back at it. Mm. I remember I was on, um, 
uh, those of have listening know that I spent 30 years on airplanes going to speaking gigs. And I was reading a book. I was on an, I usually sat on the aisle. I was reading a book and it was, I mean, I, it was laugh out loud funny. And I, you know, I was trying to control myself, but I was laughing. And finally, I heard, I literally, and I didn't have earphones on. I'm just minding my own business, having a good time with myself and my book. And <laughs> I, 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 I feel movement coming up from behind me. And, and finally, it, it was a woman from the back of the plane. And, and, and she said, what are you reading? We can hear you back there and we want to know. So <laughs> I, 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 it is humor is contagious. Laughter is contagious. Now you have the healthcare background. So what's the latest data really? I mean, that ties in humor with healing. Oh, there's so much new data since that. You know, you know, Norman Cousins. I want to acknowledge what you said just now about the woman coming from the back of the plate. It reminds me of that scene in Sleepless in Seattle. Isn't that the movie where, where is it Meg Ryan? I can't remember actors' yes, names very Meg well. Yes, Meg Ryan. Yep, faking Meg an Ryan. orgasm, and then everybody will have, I'll have what she's having. Yeah, That's right. I think, that was and yeah, Billy a, Crystal yeah. and Meg Ryan and Billy Crystal's mother was the diner. You know, she had a bit part, and she's the one that said that. I'll have what she's having. <laughs> so that reminded me of it when you said the woman came from the back of the plane. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, that's a, that's probably the closest thing to orgasm—the laughter, you know, because it is an involuntary response uh, from the midbrain. Anyway, uh, I digress. So you were asking about uh, what are the scientific? What's the scientific data these days? Yeah, there's latest. more and more uh, supporting what Norman Cousins discovered in the late '70s. You know, when he treated himself with humor in those candid camera videos, and his work was mostly around sed rates, and of course he had uh, anecdotal evidence of, one, that he lived a lot longer than anybody thought he would, and a lot better than anybody thought he would. Now we do have functional MRIs that show what's going on. We also see very detailed evidence of the natural killer cells, which is part of your immune system that gets boosted with humor, the NK cells, um, and then the blood pressure goes down, and the cortisol, all these hormones, they can measure all this stuff in your blood now so easily. You know, the cortisol, those stress hormones that really are what not only just make your life shorter, but make your life miserable. Like, think about when you're under stress and that feeling in your stomach, that horrible, toxic feeling. And I think when we have that, our brains work differently because you are you are in fight, flight, freeze a little bit every time you're feeling that. You're not as resourced. You're not as creative. So anyway, yeah, it does all this stuff that, and there's more to learn. There's, we are just on the brink of understanding how to measure the neuroscience, you know, because the minutia of even functional MRIs can't really pin down what's going on neuronal, on the neuronal level, but we can make assumptions and conclusions based on the blood consumption that's on a functional MRI. Anyway, I'm so excited about it. I know it's, I'm, uh, it changed my life when I started reading these articles, and I just stumbled on them by mistake when I was losing my memory. You know, I couldn't find people's names in my mind, and I knew I knew them. I was like, I know you, but I can't, I can't come up with your name. So I started googling neuro uh, neuroplasticity, and somehow the search engine went to neural pathways of humor, and I got so excited as I went down that rabbit hole, gave meaning to my life as a comedian. And it made sense that 
part of my life purpose is to heal myself and others. And and as a nurse, that was easy to see. But as a comedian, I didn't know I was still helping with healing. You know that mm-hmm. humor is a healing is a healing uh, gift. I, I didn't I I didn't know that. And, and at this age now, in my sixties, it's a different. I have a different intention with my comedy. Um, I still have a a need to feel connection, but mostly I'm like I want to be of service and let this be. You know, that's my mantra before I go on stage, really, let this be for the highest good. And I hope that one person leaves feeling better than when they walked in. You know, when you were talking about uh, what, what triggered the visualization that came in my mind when you were talking about the negativity and the billy and the billy and all that, and it's it, it uh, what humor um, it, it's a whole new form of, you know, acid reflex, acid reflex that can shoot all over very bad things, but the humor can be the soother and easier and tamper it down. Maybe you all don't need the purple pill. You need to just laugh more. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> well, I think you make a good point. Uh, I mean, a really valid point because it's also a painkiller because it releases endogenous morphine right? Endorphins. This is the organic God-given painkiller. And it's not addictive. It doesn't cause you harm. Um, You know, the Sacklers make no money off of it. I'm just saying you really could, uh, of course, if you are addicted to an opiate, I don't vilify that. I mean, we've seen, if you saw Dope Sick and you understand the corruption of Big Pharma, I want to put it out there. Get some help. You do need help with that. And then once you get off of those, Get on to the natural painkillers. Get on to the humor. And also, I'm a long-distance runner. I'll be honest. Uh, humor and long-distance running have kept me off of antidepressants and uh, painkillers, you know, because I am in a lot of emotional pain. I have a, a background that we don't need to go into. But, I mean, I, I people don't become comedians for no reason. Let's just put it that way. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, I, I, I've known comedians and I know people who write books like on humor. And, and one of the reveals is there's a lot of comedians come from painful backgrounds and it's how they survived um, right. and brought that out. When I was in, in talking about healing and we'll jump on to another topic, but I, I remember many years ago, I was 30 and I was very ill. I very, very ill. And John used to come in and read to me. I was paralyzed. And John used to come in and read to me. And I used to have to hold a pillow over my entire abdominal area um, because he would get, would get me laughing. And in the book he was reading would, was David Niven's autobiography. I can remember it to this day. And it had the word moon in it. So something about the moon. Um, I'm gonna was, I'm gonna get that on Audible. I had a huge crush on David Niven, and I remember drawing <laughs> pictures. <laughs> I had his headshots. Oh my yeah. gosh! Please don't eat the daisies. Right. Oh well, please, anyway, please! I, I was so, so in I, love with David Niven. I, I am I going came, to go. I came out of that. my paralysis with David Niven on my belly. <laughs> <laughs> I love and, and you it. all could just figure I that love one out. That. I right. adore hearing that. And I want to say, and Judith, I know. Uh, oh, oh, I'm not, oh, you need, hold on. We're going to take another break here. Oh, we have something exciting after the break. We'll break time. We'll come right back. And with me is Nancy Norton. And we're going to get on some tips and techniques and strategies of how to incorporate humor into your writing. We'll be right back. 
This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Discover the power of you and your book at the Judith Bryles Unplugged events. Each summer, Judith Bryles Book Marketing Unplugged unfolds over three intensive days working with just Judith. You get publishing strategies, author and book platforms, book marketing panache and pizzazz, and authoring tools to take you and your book to rock star success. In the fall and winter, Judith Bryles Speaking Unplugged includes Judith as your coach and mentor during two powerful days. You will learn how to structure a speech, how to create openings and closings, how to find gigs that pay you and sell your books, and you will get one-on-one coaching. Go to thebookshepherd.com and click on the Events tab to learn how to participate at the next Unplugged Workshop event. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Nancy, let's talk about um, writing with humor. I'm assuming when you're working on stuff, it, it is now all you know, in your head. You're doing some script writing with it to come back as you rework it. Would that be correct? Yeah, I yeah. I mean, it's not very formal. I have to tell you. Yeah, um, it's informal because, I, because I've been doing. Yeah, informal. So what I do is I, you know, I've been doing stand up for thirty years, thirty years, and I write on stage now. I used to write on little napkins. <laughs> all over the house, and then I would take sure. those, and then I would try and flush it out on stage at open mics. And now that I'm headlining clubs and doing 45 minutes to an hour, I will take a section of my set, which I let be what it is, and I just trust my higher power. I'm going to go with that. I just like say, okay, I'm going to try and share the story and see what happens. And I try to, I try to couch it in the middle of two things that I know are strong, so that if it, if it flops then I, you know, I have a bookend that I can come out at the other end with the strong material. Um, and like I did share a story that was really raw and raw, really not quite ready at your conference. And mm-hmm. I appreciated your critique. <laughs> and, you know, I have to say, I drove home going, oh, I disappointed. You know, I don't like to disappoint people. I felt like I disappointed you. But I was like, oh, I need you to know that I should have, you know, I do this thing where I just do a raw segment and it was maybe 10 minute segment in the middle that maybe wasn't the right thing to do. You know, maybe I owe you some money. I don't know. But I will say um, I appreciated that opportunity to and I did. I will grow from that. But uh, no, that's sort let, of, let me just I, yeah, let me just add to this for someone who has also been speaking on a platform for 40 years, 40 plus years, that there yeah. are times all of you who are listening um, there are times the angels descend, literally anything mm-hmm. that comes out of your mouth is like gold. It is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And there are, <laughs> there are times we all have hiccups. We all yeah. have 
hiccups. And I think it's really, and, and also let's transport that to writing. There are times when your writing is golden. Haven't you all listening in had chapters that just flowed? The fingers are just clicking and things are going. The characters are talking to each other. Oh, my God. You could you can't even keep up. Things are going so fast. It's so wonderful. It's magical. And other times it's like, oh, my God, I'm stuck in quicksand. I'm never going to get out. All right. We all have those times. We all have these times. Um, and, and so let's tie this into writing humor. And Nancy is a very physical person when she moves around. She, she, there is a lot of physical things going on. As a writer, Nancy, how can authors get in, really get good description, physical, that can carry a reader into what's happening? And they can feel, they can experience the humor with it. Does that make sense, what I'm asking? Yeah, it does make sense. And I don't know that I I write for the stage, so I'm not sure I'm the best person to answer that. But maybe you and I could, let's work something out together. Let's let's do a little mini workshop together. Let's, let's okay. take a little segment of the story that I told, which we won't go into the heavy, heavy, long-winded mm-hmm. version. But let's just go to the cartooned version where I was in a domestic violence situation. I called the police of Boulder thinking they were going to show up at my house. And this is the cartoon. Like I cartoon my pain. And I think because I'm such a physical comic, I love to exaggerate things to the point of ridiculousness. And I do have cartoon imagery. So I pictured a cartoon of a rainbow. Like I thought, oh, it's Boulder. They're going to come up here with a rainbow paddy wagon instead of putting anyone in it. Out will come these clowns with smudge sticks, and they're going to smudge my relationship. If you're familiar with smudge sticks, like they're going to light these, like, you know, they're going to get all these demons out of my house, out of my, who I thought was a loving partner, and restore us to sanity. And that was, you know, there's a part of me that really had a fantasy that this could get restored to sanity. And that's the little funny ding, ding, diddly, you know, like, imagery I have in my mind rather than what really happened, which was, and this is where my story would go, is it really was a black and white and the police have black and white thinking. And one of us confessed to a crime. (laughs) The other one denied. So one of us got to go to the Boulder County Jail. And then I have another cartoon about that. Uh, So So the imagery, imagery, okay, so the imagery I would brought in, you were, you know, knowing that Boulder, and maybe some people don't realize that Boulder is like uh, Berkeley's California, <clears throat> where, where I used to live. <laughs> that, right. That, very that progressive. Very it's freedom very and blood. it's loving and any, you know, anything can go and all that. And where where Nancy could have said something where I expected the rainbow wagon to show up. What happened was the black and white one came up with a red with the red cherry on top or something like that. <laughs> That's uh, good. Okay. Yeah. So I would bring and I realize that my rainbow was not inside the black and white and it was going to be this or that. Um, and, and, mm-hmm. and I guess I would be doing some play, you know, and I would continue to play with that. But I think that it's really important that there is a very strong juxtaposition that shows up um, that they really could see because you you introduced the black and white, but you didn't put the cherry on top. How's that? 
I like and, that. I and, like that cherry on top. Yeah, and I and think that, is, that. And of course, of course, when you see cop cars today, it's really hard to see where in the heck that cherry is because they're not on top of their cars anymore. Um, they're hidden. Yeah, they are. They're, they're hidden. They're, they're, they sneak up on you. Oh, yeah. And I, I always think that's really sneaky. Uh, you know, that was really sneaky. I know when I was driving, uh, just as a sideway segue, I was driving um, one of our attendees to the airport yesterday. And, you know, and I'm going, you know, our, this one freeway, we can easily go 80. I'm going 80. I am getting literally uh, tilled, gated. It really, really, this guy is pushing, pushing. I move over and I don't know. He must have gone going 100 and I'm just saying, you know, either your plane's late or you're really stupid or something's going on. And it wasn't it wasn't a mile later that he the 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 black and white. Actually, it was silver. <laughs> the silver car with the cherry on top nailed him. Oh, instant so, karma. And instant karma on that. But but let me come back to the the spiel that, you know, we've got resilience going on. And that you're trying to interject, d- describe humor. And, and as I said, you used your body. You have physical comedy. How do we write that up to, to yeah. bring the reader with us? Well, I, you know, I'm going to do another example about people road raging next to you or people that don't merge mm-hmm. when everybody knows it's time to merge mm-hmm. and get over Again, I get descriptive. I just naturally picture things. I don't know how. I don't, like I said, I I feel I don't know always how to teach what I do intuitively. And I, Mm -hmm. but maybe with your help, I, again, this is one of the things I've done in the past. And I had this, you know, when people cut you off in traffic or do something like that, that actually feels, you know, where you get scared because it makes, you know, fear and anger are close friends. And if you don't want your blood pressure shooting through the roof or your rage, uh, what I like to do when people do dangerous things in traffic is I like to imagine that that person has diarrhea. And I know that might not, that might be too scatological. I don't know for your podcast, but I've, I just feel like, get honestly, get help. <laughs> if they are, if they are, you know, I like to picture them puckered and trying to get home. And then I have compassion that comes up in me, and I wish them well, and I go, gosh, I hope you make it. And I don't know if that's that's descriptive, I guess, puckered and trying to get home. But that, you know, you may wonder how I had that epiphany. And one day I was the, the late merging a-hole, you know. I, I had an emergency. I had eaten something mm-hmm. that didn't agree with me, and I was really, I don't care if it's rude, I've got to get home. So that's mm-hmm. how I got that perspective. <laughs> You get by that, but but here is I'm I'm going to be working with a, another client on a book, and and I know how the I know how the book has to open, and it's a courtroom scene, and uh, and I'm trying to okay, what do we bring to visualize that uh, that that can set the stage that something may be happening, something becoming, and you know when you were just what you did said something, I'm not sure it was, but but the trigger dropped into me. It's going to be on the neck. We're gonna we're gonna see action on this guy's neck before he pulls the gun. We're gonna we're gonna uh, see something like that carotid pull. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Or the tension the, in the jaw. The tight, yes. like seeing him clench his jaw, and, and the mm. eyes starting to squint. So mm. um, now we're Good. you know that's 
the, the scene I'm describing, everyone is not humor. There's nothing humorous about what happens, but that how important it is to set the stage. So either you're going to have like I was holding a pillow over my belly. I mean, I had incisions all over, but I was holding a pillow over my belly because it was so painful to laugh. And yet it was so healing, if that makes any sense to all of you. Um, as as my yeah, husband we can was feel reading that. to me, we Dave can, and yeah. Yes. We can yes, feel can we can feel, feel that feel that in our bodies. We have it it whatever brings up the mirror neurons, I think, are so important that and I, here is a simple I got okay. <laughs> this is a very simple thing that I do when I'm trying to imagine something. I don't know how you access your imagination. But literally, if I look up and left, and I don't know how this works, I also do trauma therapy with brain spotting, so it might have something to do with a brain spot. But if I'm processing something and I want to picture something in my mind's eye, literally, I look up and left, and then images come to me, and then all you have to be is a transcriptionist at that point, and and then let your your mind's eye go into that detail of the neck, of the of the sweaty palm, of the feeling. You know, what was I feeling? What was I really like? All of that detail of that comes uh, just naturally to me. I'm not fishing for it. I'm not trying to make up anything. It just, it comes to me. And I, and so, I would say that to me, that's my invitation portal. I don't know if that works for other people, but that works for me. No, Look up I, and love, I love the phrase invitation portal. So that <laughs> when you are trying to, all of you, I, I think with, Nancy can jump on this and we have another another minute before we take our final break. But that what happens is that when it comes up and that I love the phrase, let your imagery become the transcription is that. And, and what I said earlier, Nancy uses a lot of physical. I mean, she uses her body slinking down, moving around. And it's like sometimes, you know, I can't do that. Um, but that if you can now use the magic adjective words to bring your reader in to describe what the body is doing or the motions or the facial reaction that will reveal the hints and invite the reader to come in so they're with you. Does that make sense, Nancy? It makes perfect sense. And, and not only that, I, I love to go back to those mirror neurons where we actually feel ourselves doing it in our mind's eye. So yeah. that's such feel. a joining. Yeah, we're having a shared experience, the writer and the reader. Yep, I love that. Okay, we're going to take our final break, and we'll be right back with Nancy Norton. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Are you confused about publishing options? Do you know which printing option is best for your book? Does your stomach flip when you think about selling books? Or do you feel overwhelmed with what to do about book marketing and publicity? Get the answers and much more. 
get them and from someone who knows publishing inside and out from both the traditional and independent sides how to make a successful book. You can't do it alone without paying the price. You can spend your money creating a book that turns out to be so-so. Or you can create a book that looks and feels classy, builds your brand and platform, and is a success, a bestseller. It is your choice. You choose. If you want author and publishing success, you want Judith Bryles as your book coach. Sign up for her weekly blogs and easing at thebookshepherd.com. The book shepherding concept is simple. The publishing world is changing, and so must you. You need an experienced shepherd and guide to collaborate with you as you create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve your publishing goals. Publishing is riddled with obstacles, sometimes nightmares for the author. You do not need more problems. You want solutions. Dr. Judith Riles will shepherd you through the maze and chaos. At times, she has had to step in and rescue a book, a book that has been sabotaged by a publisher, by a publishing service provider, and sometimes even by the author. If you want author and book success, connect with her today at thebookshepherd.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Nancy, let's let's swing back to creativity. You mentioned to me that I mean you're on a few uh, sites. You're on Instagram. You're on TikTok. Um, I know. I just got on TikTok and I'm loving it. Yes. Okay. All right. And and you've got everyone. Her website is nancynorton.tv. But let's talk about TikTok for a sec because we do talk about. I mean, we authors do talk about should we do TikTok? Is it the right format for us? Is it more for this other thing? And you know, I'm not so sure uh, on that. I don't see myself doing. I love to be goofy. I'm, I'm quirky, but I don't see myself doing goofy, quirky things on a TikTok format. But um, a comedian, I could see you on those things. Now, you just had, you just went on TikTok. You've had 200,000 downloads just recently, just on one deal. Well, they're actually, it's views. So that's not exactly a download. I mean, people oh, are seeing views. it in their scroll. You're right. You're right. That's I should views. Have said and then downloads. it's like 11,000 plus, I don't know now, I haven't counted in the last whatever, but it's, you know, like 11,000 likes. And I've never had anything like that come close to anything like that on Instagram or Facebook. I mean, my Facebook and Instagram are pretty flatlined and I don't know. I just hired somebody to help me with social media and the key, and I've gone to a webinar about it, which I'd be happy to just, I listened to your most recent, I think it was one of your most recent uh, podcasts, which I actually really love hearing about social media. Now, here's what I want to say. Absolutely, yes, writers can be on TikTok. You don't have to do a goofy dance. There's a lot of how-to stuff on TikTok. My son 
is becoming empowered by following a kid with ADHD who's talking about it candidly, vulnerably. There's a girl on there talking about her Tourette's who's very vulnerable. And it's not just a goofball site. It actually is like, you know, learn how to do finances. There's all kind. You start looking around on TikTok, start curating your TikTok, and you will find anything. And there could be and how to write a book, definitely. And they're allowing longer and longer. I think I think it's up to three minutes now. And there's always click mm-hmm. click my bio, you know, to get to you know go to my YouTube. So. I highly recommend it. I have gotten out to a much bigger audience on TikTok, and all I'm doing is taking 60-second, 30-second, like, ends of jokes with the punchlines, and the ones that are getting the biggest hit are from nurses. Nurses are so burned out right now, and so a lot of my hashtags are compassion fatigue, stress management, nurse life, and I'm saying the things the nurses wish they could say. Like, I am so tired. You know, how do I... You want me to do? You want me to have compassion and do all this shit? And that's the one that got two hundred thousand views. Yeah, it's the actually two, are it, wiped uh, out. They, you know, as we record this, it's two hundred and ten thousand. So, oh wow. Okay. There you go. There you that, go. And that right. blows my mind because I've never ever had any kind of exposure like that. Now, the mm-hmm. other thing that helped me, to be honest, I did have a dry bar special. Dry bar comedy has a big platform, and they. They invited me to be a collaborator on Instagram, and I don't know if you're familiar with that feature on Instagram, but you invite collaboration, and then you get on two Instagrams at once. And so that did help me. They, in fact, messaged me and said, would you please invite us to be a collaborator on your Instagram? And then that, so I've had a couple of uh, Instagram videos that got 600 likes but nothing like with TikTok where I'm getting out to a much, much bigger, broader audience. And like I heard you say, a narrower, I learned something from you by listening to, because mm. I'm always doing the 3.1 billion, how many people have nurses, nurse life, nurses of TikTok, but then getting down to the narrower stuff, narrower, sorry, I'm from the Ozark, <laughs> narrower. <laughs> the, anyway, the one where I, I say it's so to, much get, easier get, to be the whale in the pond, pond instead of the sardine in the sea. In other words, the more you niche yourself, the bigger your market can become. Yeah, I'm going to work on doing more of those too, the little find. And then also I went on, what did you say, TWUB? I went on there and registered my name. So I learned oh, something. Thank you so much. Yeah. Good, I, good. I, I, Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, I highly recommend it. I I think go look at other writers on TikTok. See what they're doing. You don't have you can be a talking head. You can you actually can just give really succinct nuggets and then build and then have click my bio for more or click my, you know, whatever to get to your mm-hmm. website. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to well, dance. Although well, although I no. want to say Judith Dr. Judith Bryles, I would love to see you dance on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> I would share it. I will share your post if you dance on TikTok. <laughs> Come on. Oh, well, I do have the pantyhose dance. See, you didn't hear me do that story. You know, I heard the end of it. I I was oh so god. bombed that day. But oh, I, oh yeah, my god. Oh my god. I was that, what's ironic about that is I was auditioning for an underwear commercial for Father's Day that I was supposed to be saying lines like, it's the bulge enhancement for me. So I was late because I just got this ping audition for this commercial. And then I show up there and you're talking about your underwear uh, on the ground in Seattle. <laughs> oh, yeah, that that did but it's happen. it's great imagery. You're so good at that. 
at the imagery and the like. I saw. I came in at the end, and I definitely pictured what was going on. Oh, you know, I just just to share that. I'm not going to tell the story because it's it's a four minute story. But but um, the. When I did an opening with a, oh, there must have been a thousand people in the conference. They they had a guy there, very talented pianist who also happened to be blind, and he was there to listen to all the different speakers, and then he would come back at the end of the day and do a wrap up with things. He would sing it and do that. He did. Oh, how funny! So he would he, recount he, some of the stuff, yes the day oh, yeah. in his song. Oh yes. Okay. Oh yes. He had us all up dancing to the pantyhose jingle. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, so, that could you could do that pantyhose dance. I oh mean, no, I will not. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, I, I will I not. double dare right. you. Double dare right. from from no, from old Nance. No, 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 no. That that I would not do. But and anyway, um, <laughs> um, all of you. So uh, let's. The, uh, what Nancy's done is opened up because I was you know, going to go along and play around with TikTok. I have a, and we're going to go after aggressively build our YouTube station now, YouTube channel um, that we've got going on because we've got all our our podcasts going up. But we also, I do a a new video every day for the YouTube. And I'm saying there is no reason why those babies, the ones under three minutes, could not be transported to TikTok. Absolutely. And I will tell you from my, my guru that uh, she has a huge following on Instagram, and I went to her webinar. If you can get anything down to seven seconds, you're going to win a prize, because that's the algorithm that Instagram Reels is re- rewarding. It's so hard, but think of, if you can give a nugget that's under 10 seconds, under 20, if you need the full three, that's fine. But if you can get something down that, to seven seconds, Reels, I don't know why, but that's what they're rewarding because of the attention span. So if you get that final Because the average American has an attention span less than a goldfish. Yep. Yep. So, and a goldfish... Yeah, goldfish is eight seconds, everybody. All right, so here, here's what for your imagination, your creativity, you need to really grow. Here, I'm going to give you a list. You need to grow your use of adjectives, and those adjectives have to be snappy, sassy, salty. They've got to have a little juice to them. They've got to bring people in, so they're they're whatever it is up in the brain. Maybe Nancy, you can help here. The brain that kicks off them thinking and pulling you know, what you're doing is imagination to me is like a fishing expedition you throw the line out it's got bait on it and you start reeling it in until you hook them so and that's nancy what you have to do with your humor right you gotta hook them all the time <laughs> yeah i i you know i wish i knew more what i was doing sometimes lately what honestly the, it's so simple I really am trying to integrate my heart and mind and spirit. And when I'm on stage, now it's easy on stage. Maybe it's easy. I don't know. But in writing, what I when I started writing my book 10 years ago, and it's all on three-by-five cards. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Got to start I, somewhere. I know. But I tried to do a spiritual connection with my future readers. And what is it 
I'm here to share. And now I'm a person that I just need purpose. You know, I need to be on a life purpose. So it has to have meaning for me. And I was in a crazy making, you know, after that domestic violence situation where things went sideways and reality got twisted and the dominoes fell. And I was like, I would love to help myself 10 years before and help somebody avoid this. So I was like, okay, I do this. It's a more of a spiritual exercise. And I try to connect with what is it I would what what is there anything I could have said that would help me? And that's that is that that's just an, a really vague again thing. But oh, just trying to get that message out there. What is it I need to say? It's a need. It's a weird need. Like I have a calling. Well, more than just, I'm trying to hook them. I'm trying. I, it's it's a different kind of purpose. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not for me that I'm hooking them. It's not for me. All right. I, I get it's. it's I'm, for, I'm, I'm for trying to answer. The, I'm trying to. They have the hook. They have. What is it that they need? You know, that I can provide help, I guess, because I'm a codependent and I need to be helpful. I don't. Is that, that's vague, I guess. Again, I'm not good oh, at that, articulating these things. That doesn't surprise me. All right. 30 seconds. Where do you come up with new material? Uh, <laughs> I have a teenager, A. Uh, yeah, oh, I'm a transcriptionist yes. in my life. <laughs> I have a dog, a teenager, and I am um, impulsive. So I just, you know, I look, I just, it's all right in front of me. It's right here in the mirror or in my house or every day, every day, write down something that amused me or what if it went this way instead of that way, something that really bugged me that I can have a sense of empowerment around because I think that's another thing that humor helps with. Sense of powerlessness, like how how would it have gone differently if you were empowered in that situation? Perfect. All right. Funny twist. Yes. All right. Wrap up time. Nancy Norton, thank you for being with us. And everyone. Thank you for being with me. You're welcome. NancyNorton.tv. We'll be back with you again. And remember for all of you that if you're going to be successful, it's always up to you. We'll see you next week. Thank you for being a part of your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryle.